just can't get rid of a bomb. Hey, it's Will. And this is Thomas. And we're back again at the Virtual Spinner Rack for another episode of OK Boomer. Now officially an audio podcast. You can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us for free and listen to audio ones. This is the first one uh, that is since we did the uh, deal. Um, so if you're listening to this now on audio, um, starting here on out is where in the description where it describes it. We just started doing the, uh, the pre-show with the featuring, uh, a crowdfunder, either Kickstarter, Indiegogo, Fund My Comic, or Zoop every week to talk about it and, uh, and, and show off stuff we got in the mail this week. Yet again. I got nothing this week. So, well, join the club. I didn't get anything either. I know we were talking about showing some of the books that I uh, um, I got back from somebody I lent. Um, found these two also at the top. Uh, so this is one we did before. You remember X Men Two Hundred Five? Oh yeah, Two Hundred Five. Barry Winter Smith. Barry Smith, freaking master class. And yep. then these two. One of these. This is probably one like my favorite Superman story ever. Um. Hey man, what? Oh yeah, I love that. I've got when that you, one. I mean, annual number ten is absolutely amazing. If you, I mean, people haven't read, you know, this, the the actual episode they did on Justice League, uh, the cartoon was yeah. really good, but they do leave out some stuff, and this is this this was my introduction to Mongol. Oh my God, it's amazing. Danny, you've read his uh, first appearances in uh, DC Comics Presents, like 27, 28, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, where uh, uh, freaking Superman and uh, Martian Manhunter are getting a fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last thing that's in the box. Have you read ever read this? Batman Annual number 11 with the Alan Moore story. Yes. Yeah, with, the Al- with Clayface. This is mm-hmm. freaking amazing. Nobody ever talks about it. And it, it doesn't make any sense. That, that's Clayface too, though, right? Uh, two yeah, or three. I, yeah, I can't remember. I think um, it's two. Yeah, but just absolutely amazing story. Yeah, and basically Clayface wearing a Mister Freeze containment suit. Yes, and uh, the whole thing about that story is he's he's like in is he in love with the damn mannequin? And Batman goes to take it away from him. That's funny because. There's a, there's an 80 and 90s page on uh, on TikTok that I follow because you know I like living in the past because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and today, as I'm flipping through, they posted the trailer for of all things, Mannequin. <laughs> that movie with, with Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Uh, which was the only reason any of us watched it is because she was in it. We didn't care about anything else going on. Yeah. It's like. Can I can I get one of those Kim Cattrall uh, mannequins and 
keep it in my closet or under my bed or oh my around God. my house when my girlfriend's at work. People do that stuff now. <laughs> oh, well, people are fluked up now. <laughs> but Craziness. Yeah, but no, I did not get anything this week either. I, uh, like I said, I got those books back, but I had... They were already here. I just lent them to somebody to read. He wanted to read some comics. So I, I selectively picked out some of what I thought was random best issues to read. Nice. So I had a little text chat with, uh, and no, it's not for them coming on. Uh, I had a little text chat uh, on, on Facebook with uh, the creator of Grendel there, Matt Wagner. Yeah. Um, the day after my birthday this month, yeah, he releases the original Hunter Rose story. Sweet. The master edition. Who's publishing he's, it? Doc Horse. Oh, okay. they've got, they've got, he's with them and, you know, he's got a contract with them for Grendel stuff and they just keep reprinting stuff and he's, work, he's still working on more stuff, but, um, the master slipcase edition of the hunter rose story uh this is important for two reasons one the hunter rose story grendel is being adapted to netflix i think we talked about that before yes yeah it started like a couple of years ago but with the strike and everything it put everything back um but we've done some of these issues yes on the show in the past um he redrew the entire thing Oh, really? And uh, he might have fixed some of the dialogue problems. So he updated it. <laughs> so he, it's it's a complete... I go, so is this the same story? He's like, yes and no. And I'm like... And he was like, was, uh, I upgraded the entire thing. It's all new art. Well, and the thing is, is when he did the original, we were talking about that. He was like seventeen or something. It, yeah, I mean, he was really young. He was like seventeen or eighteen when he when he did the original one in Comico. Yeah, uh, first appearance in Comico premiere, which is still like an Uber Grail. I mean, in the nineties, it was like a hundred dollar book. So when the first trailer for Grendel drops from Netflix. It's going to shoot up. Again. Yeah. Like, would be yeah. crazy. Yeah. But that's kind of cool. So he he essentially took it's the same story. He just fleshed it out probably some more and added, mm -hmm. you know, upgraded the art because he's, yeah. and he's a great artist. Oh, yeah. Uh, in his own right. I mean, he and an even better writer probably, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, just amazing stuff. Um, now I know it's wrapped up, but did you end up, uh, backing the dudes campaign? The Nexus campaign? I thought I, I thought it still had a few days left. The coming of Gramando? Yeah, it's all done. It, it, it's already wrapped up. <sighs> no, I didn't. I was going to. Because I wanted the, uh, I was looking at the, was it nine by twelve hardcover? Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess 
secondary market. He'll probably have enough print that you can I can buy it directly from his site. Yeah. Um, because I know one of them was like nine by twelve, and it come with the like the newsprint copies of the big mag. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, you know, the dude's amazing. Well, because he had it on, because he had a live campaign going. He was like a random one of those big giant newspaper things of Nexus. Yeah, he was selling those for like twenty twenty five dollars a piece. Every once in a while, you catch him like around the holidays, and he's selling those for like five bucks. Yes, um, which is how I got mine because I wasn't paying twenty dollars for a. I mean, it's done on really good paper and it's ginormous, but. Uh, and I read the thing from stem to stern a couple of dozen times over, just like amazed, just to see his artwork blown up, like that big, bigger than my monitor. Yeah, that's it's definitely a. It's definitely a. You need to get like at least one, and you know, go go and frame it up and hang it on your wall because it's it's just awesome. Oh yeah, and he's easily my you know possibly my favorite artist working today. I mean, he's yeah. just I just. I, all the stuff trying to keep up with it. I've been buying so many reprints lately, though. That's that's the thing that's really been kind of um, just mm. keeping me. The Dark Horse, you know, all the eerie, the creepy reprints, and then they've been doing the uh, the you know the EC reprints. I've been picking up, you know, every time they pre-order on my, you know, I get them from my uh, my comic book service just because. Uh, and I've really cut back on some of the new books. Heck, I got one book my buddy gave me. I got to read Justice Society 4. Um, it's been pretty decent. The new Flash story, though, was not. Yeah, I are like, oh, the new Flash looks good. I go, no, it doesn't. I'm yeah. done. I, I read half of it, and I, I, was, I was falling asleep. I'm like, God, I thought this was the fastest man alive. Why the hell am I falling asleep? <laughs> fastest man alive with the slowest plot ever. It was, it was words, 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 words. It was worse than Ribbit. <laughs> I don't know if it was that bad. Oh, Rib, Ribbit was pretty rough. But the art made up for it. Yeah, the art by Dan Dodd was, uh, is always Frank Thorn. Oh, well, yeah. The Frank Thorn art was good, too. The yeah. Dan art in Flash was good. Yeah. Oh, Mike Diodato's doing it? Yeah, I caught one of his lives the other week on on Insta. Uh, he he goes live like a few times a month. Yeah, like two or three times a month, where he does like live signings. So you can he lives in Italy now. So oh really? Well, he's Italian. It makes sense. Yeah, he came from Italy over here. Um, so he he lives in Italy with with his wife and children. And uh, hell, if I could live in Italy, I'd live in Italy. Better food. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Pasta and breadsticks every day. Much bigger waist size. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go get the boy a circus tent. We need to get him something to wear. <laughs> they used to do that to me. It'd be like, "You need a new uniform. Hold on, I gotta make a phone call. Who you calling? <laughs> Old mother tent maker. Son of yeah. A <laughs> Damn it. Um. So. I backed that. I got the, I got that three hundred and four page hardcover. I found out that is not an omnibus of the Nexus series. What is it? 
It's a Steve Rude artist edition. Bull crap. With art lessons in it. You're lying. No, I'm not. Uh, and uh, th th there's like a lot of writing in there, like a lot of text. Words, words, words. Uh, and they did scans of like complete issues, like ones that he thought were his, amongst his favorites and, you know, essential to showcase these issues that he did of of Nexus. Uh, like a one shot, a couple of issues from the regular run and uh, something from the minis, one of the minis, one of the Nexus miniseries. I should have damn bought it. Oh my god! That's normally like a hundred and change, but for the campaign as an add-on, it was only fifty dollars. And I got the, uh, I got the, uh, the new book, but I made sure to order it early enough so that I would still be one of the first two hundred people to get the get it for thirty dollars instead of fifty dollars. Yeah. And as a thank you, uh, he offered a free print of four different prints uh, to everybody. You get to pick one. I picked either the 2003 or 2013 um, Steve Rude, the dude, uh, sketchbook cover. And coughed up the extra money, like 10 bucks. Or something to have it signed. I go, I'll take that, I'll frame it, go on a wall. <laughs> I've got four or five of his prints signed, and mm -hmm. uh, I actually have I bought them. Oh, god, I'd have to dig them out. I can't remember which issues it is, but I bought a huge lot of early Nexus books. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got them. They're signed by uh, Baron Root. Oh, nice. Inside. So you know it, when they were signed. They were signed in the 80s. Back, mm -hmm. back, people who don't know, back in the day, they signed all the comics on the first page because you didn't want to screw up the cover art. Yep, they would, they and, would sign it right over the, the small print stuff. <laughs> yeah, or right below it, yeah. Yeah. And that's and, where, where uh, they're signed. Yeah. So... I backed that. That's all paid. Uh, those should be coming in around Christmas. So next month sometime. The books are already done. So um, he probably just has to like reorder like the, the big hardcovers. Yeah. And just put in the order for the new book. Um, obviously, I already backed the uh, the Matt Wagner, Kelly Jones, uh, Dracula. I picked the, the Matt Wagner cover Yeah. that his son colored. And obviously, it's all Kelly Jones stuff on the inside, and they've been they've been hitting such big numbers on that that they just offered uh, like three days ago they offered up twenty uh, sketches by both Kelly Jones and Matt Wagner. Oh my God! Really? Kelly's sketches sold out in twenty four hours. <laughs> they were like they were like three or four hundred bucks a piece, at least, if not more. Uh, <laughs> Matt still had like. I think five left, but uh, I got that one. And now the thing we're looking at here looks like this is going to be the Christmas present to myself since this won't come due until uh, next, you know, next <clears throat> year sometime. 
Oh, you're talking about, oh, yeah. This so, is something I actually saw and sent you earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Um, Conan the Barbarian, the Colossal Edition. I thought this was like an omnibus of all the Conan stuff from Marvel. Yeah. It is not. No. It <laughs> it's, is an not. Artist, it's an artist edition. Yes. So this has, uh, this edition, uh, you have a choice of the Jim Lee cover or the Sal Buscema cover. John Bushima cover. Cover. Oh, yeah. Same last name, wrong first name. Yep. Uh, and it's sitting, staring at me in the face here because it says Conan the Barbarian, Colossal Edition by John Buscema, Barry Windsor Smith, Gil Kane, and others. Yeah. Now, it looks in the pictures that it's smaller than like the AEW. The AEW. Wrong. That's wrestling, stupid. Uh, the IDW uh, artist editions that they do for like Marvel and DC. Uh, but it says here uh, Colossal Edition features 190 plus pages of full size 12 by 17 scans of the original comic art pages pulled from throughout the original classic run of Conan comics and magazines. Yes. Gathered into one beautiful hardcover for the first time ever. Explore the timeless works by legendary Conan artists John Buscema, Barry Windsor Smith, Gil Kane, and a host of others in the most vivid detail possible. Uh, yeah. In collaboration with Zoop, we're offering two special covers the Zoop exclusive, which is the Jim Lee cover, and the limited edition John Buscema cover. And the John Buscema cover. It's wrap around. Yes. And the thing that's amazing is you can get it signed by Roy Thomas. <laughs> yeah, the John Buscema wrap around cover is signed by Roy the Boy Thomas, as well as four oversized high quality art prints. So, uh, now it's big money if you want it signed. Yeah. It's like, you know, New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con signature signature fees. Yeah. Um just for the regular book, it's $150. Uh the Jim Lee cover or John's cover, both $150. Uh the Jim Lee cover has sold 18 copies. The John Busema cover has sold 93 copies. <laughs> the John Busema cover. Signed by Roy Thomas. That that seems like a Simpson thing to me. <laughs> Simpsons thing to you? I, how much is that picture? Damn it! That is a picture of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. It is worth one million dollars, <laughs> which automatically triggers you uh, that somebody uh, the meme picture where somebody went up with a with a color photo of Heath Ledger and Joker makeup and handed it to Jack Nicholson to have, yeah. have him sign it. Yeah. And he could, oh, he was pissed. Uh, the signed covers, however, are super limited. Uh, they're doing like 200 signed John Buscema covers. They're $200 a piece. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's all they'll be. I mean, that's, that's, that's why... I mean, if I can, I'm, that's the one I'm going to swing for because 
that's that's all they'll ever make. That's it. No more. That's all they'll ever make. And if you go to a con, and and I don't know if Roy charges for his autograph, but the average charge for an autograph by a comic book artist is you know starts at like fifty dollars and goes up. Okay, I don't remember how much he charges for an autograph. Alan knows who may be still listening to us. Uh, he could he could chime in here. But the thing is, is Alan told me when he went and saw him, he went in, it was years ago. But anyway, he went to Heroes Con. And the line to see Thomas oh, yeah. was, you know, like 37 miles long. You know, it was like a freaking episode of SpongeBob, 37 hours later. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah, Alan says, like the Gil Kane one you got from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, 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 don't let the whole world know. Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he. I feel he, like a potato now. You feel like a potato. <laughs> He's got Roy's autograph. He gave you a Gil Kane autograph. What the? <laughs> like potato? Yeah. I'm taking my categories and going home. Um, hey, look! I sent a I sent a buddy of mine online once. It was years ago. I don't really talk to him anymore. Uh, something happened, but I sent him a. Uh, I bought some Howard the Ducks that had Gerber's autograph in it, and I sent him one. <laughs> they were they were talking. Uh, they would. It was an indie comic stream earlier, and they were talking. Uh, and I was just I was just trolling the creator. It was uh, John Malin. He used to work for Marvel in DC. Yeah. Uh, and when he first went indie, he released this book called uh, Black Robin Hood, and it was like it was like a short, like twenty-page book, but it was released like years and years ago. Once he finishes a campaign, he pulls it down immediately, so really? there's no buy afterwards. He never reprints or anything. But they did a, a combo with him and another creator got together. And put both their like first books that they did independently together. Uh, the book itself is like three hundred dollars for a twenty page for a twenty page book. Damn it! Uh, and uh, goes for another hundred dollars. John will sign it, so I'm in the chat. Hey, I'll sign his name for fifty dollars. <laughs> You'll sign his name for fifty dollars. Look, I'm harder for cash. We all know that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know how it might include me selling some really key Dark Horse Star Wars books to uh, be able to afford this, but I might do it. Um, and then there, uh, there's a retailer bundle. Yeah. Dude, if you can if you if you can afford it, the retailer bundle's the way to go. I mean I'm like, uh, well, maybe if you, I, and Alan <laughs> purchase it as a retailer bundle, which is we all free. save money on our book. Yeah, because the retail bundle's two twenty-five for three copies. Yeah, so we, we get the we get the hundred and fifty dollar book for seventy-five bucks. Yeah. That's much more manageable. Yeah. Uh, then they put a tip jar in here. I'm like, mm, no. Well, now there is a difference, though. Look, the retailer bundle is actually black. The cover's black and white. Oh, yeah. So I wonder what else is going to be different. 
look, go back up. See, look at the retail bundle. Yeah, it's black and white. Yep. Hmm. Huh. I don't need to be buying two of these books, Thomas. Stop that crap. Um, yeah, I wonder what what in the world the difference is. Yeah, the, but do you see? Yeah, he's not Conan has no coloring. Damn it! So these are the art prints they're talking about. There's only like fifty of each. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I do like how no one has claimed <laughs> claimed a Jim Lee one yet. You know, we all used to love Jim Lee. Now, until he became a shirt at DC. The thing is, is my my first real experience when I noticed Jim Lee is on Conan. I mean, I'm sure I'd read, you know, because uh, was it Portacio? Portacio was doing X Men when I was reading X Men. Oh, Portacio, yeah. And then Jim Lee was afterwards, but Jim Lee was actually drawing uh, Conan at this time. He did like six or seven issues. They're amazing. Um, no, I, I still love his art, but no, yeah. I don't need to buy anything with his autograph on it because I've got a hand sketch that's signed by him. The When I didn't think, I go, there's no way they're going to make like a set of hush figures. Yeah. So I coughed up $400. Oh my God. For the limited edition Jim Lee Hush Batman. One was the gray prototype cast. Yeah. One was the paint test. And one was a variant of the, of the final product. Plus, he did like a quick, probably took him like 30 seconds to, for each one, Batman head sketch in all of these. Uh, so they're all remarked. Boxes. No, it's, it's done on a sheet of paper that's in there. Oh, Plus, okay. he signed the, there's a card that's in there that's like the certificate of authenticity. And he signed that too. So I've got his autograph like two or three times. I'm almost tempted to sell the card. Who wants a Jimmy autograph? $100. <laughs> Um, so there's a, there, there, there's only 49 of each, my, my bad. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, Jim Lee high quality Conan art print, $40, uh, John Buscema, uh, quality art print is $40. And that's like the opening page of an issue. Yes. Yeah. And then, I can't remember the issue, but yeah. I've got to tell you, the one that I'm tempted by is this Neil Adams down the end. Really? Yeah, the Adams is awesome. Uh, yeah. I think that's not Adams' best Conan no. work. Oh, no. But it's, it's good. But uh, a lot of, as we've discussed before with doing one of the Conan magazines, this is a reprint because uh, Neil couldn't get his work done time. <laughs> Dang it. He goes, I'm Neil Adams. I don't need a deadline. Oh, yeah, but now I'm... And then there's a Bill Sienkiewicz one, which is kind of neat looking. Dude, have you ever read that story? Probably. The what if Conan was stuck in the 20th century? Oh, no. Uh, really? No. The, oh. the, the, the same issue, they go, hey, 
Let's make that actually happen, and we'll put him in the Avengers. Ugh. No, that's that's an old what if story from Marvel, but where mm. you know he 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 gets stuck in in freaking uh, in the twentieth century, you know, attacked by the police, all that. I mean, it it was just yeah. Isn't there isn't there like uh, a is that the one that like either the inside page or the the front cover has him trying to get onto a subway or something? I can't remember that, but yeah, I just remember that's where he becomes a he becomes a pimp. <laughs> Perfect job for him, though. I mean, yeah. really, been smacking bitches around since day one. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, Barry thought about it. They only listened for the first twenty seconds. Um, what people have bought the entire set of prints, which is like one hundred and fifty-five dollars. Yeah. Um, and see, the only thing about I mean, I, I one day I'll have my giant comic book room be able to do all of this. Um, now I'm gonna ask, I'm going down, I see the four people have bought it underneath it, it's got like $80 prints, and these are glycy limited and no, it says limited and numbered one, one to 50. One to 50, but um, what can you oh. The Gilsey's right here, the $80 yeah. ones make it so there's, there is actually 50 of those, but somebody went and bought this whole set. So these are the super high-end ones because they're double in price. Yeah, got to be. So these are all black and white, but they're, you know, studio quality. Huh. Now, I mean, here's the Jim Lee cover. Yeah. And I mean, that's a pretty awesome cover. I like the fact that only Conan and the logo are in color and everything else is just pencil work. It is, it's pencil work, yeah. And that's actually, God, dude, it's like Conan 213, I think, if I remember right. Um, Uh-oh. I can't remember the issue of, with the Mishima cover. Alan sent it through the mail. Uh, that was a Jim Steranko that had a huge line. I understand that's not all he had that was huge that day. <laughs> yes, that is. That he's, is. Got, he's got Roy Thomas's home address. Yeah. I sent it to his house to get him to sign books. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Alan collects autographs. So he's got he's got a ton of autographs. <laughs> We'll have to have Alan on the show when we can just do like a special edition, just Alan's autographs. <laughs> we may be here for a while. It's a bunch. <laughs> it's like part one. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Here's John's cover. Yes. <laughs> and I can't remember what issue that's from. But, you know, damn. You know, after I've read as much Conan as I have, they start to run together after a while. <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. Well, for years. They would just keep adapting all the Robert E. Howard novels yes. into, into storylines. So it was like the same stories over and over again. Even when Doc Horse got them, they did that. <clears throat> what I liked is at the beginning of the Doc Horse Conan run, they were putting different, like, super high-end creative teams yes. on different ones. I mean, I was ecstatic to see Tim Truman working on... Conan 
and to the moon when I saw Joe Lindsner's Conan stuff. Well, I mean, Nord had the best run on that. I mean, Nord was amazing. And the fact that he didn't, they didn't ink anything. He just penciled it and then they colored over the pencil work. Yeah. It, it, It made it look so good. The thing that got me with the Dark Horse, and this is part of, we're, we're tangenting people, so deal with it. The uh, the thing that's that's so good is the new the new uh, Titan comics that they're doing Conan. It's mm-hmm. a new story. I mean, granted, there's only so many stories Conan can tell, variations of it. But that's, you know, kind of life is a variation like that. And the... It's a new story we haven't read before, and yeah. it's a freaking amazing, and they fill in the gaps. I don't mind you adapting the Robert E. Howard stories. I read them, I know, but fill in some of the gaps. And in case anybody's interested, I just posted the, uh, the Zoop link to the campaign in the chat. Oh, uh, cool. It'll be, it'll also be in the, uh, after we do an episode, I upload the audio and video to uh, Creators Outlet on Rumble. Please follow us there. Uh, Odyssey, Minds, and now I will be uploading the audio of all these shows up there. So please follow us wherever you like to get your podcasts. Um, I backed a campaign um, earlier this year, which gave me a free membership for one year to global comics and i've been reading a bunch of stuff like the last couple of days over there uh so that that i'm going to be doing like quick story interviews like to post to my stories on on the platforms and stuff yeah um and i thought it was just gonna just like you know indie comics from people we've never heard of uh no there's image stuff up there like if I wanted to, I could I could start reading the first Spawn compendium. Oh man! <laughs> um, the uh, the Walking Dead compendium that has the entire series in it is a is there of, too. That's a lot to read. Those damn things are huge. I know. Uh, I've also got digital copies of the entire Walking Dead series. Uh, cause I follow hum- humble bundle, which always has, you know, good deals on stuff. Sometimes it, a lot of times it's like video game stuff and I'm like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Um, I don't like video games unless they're free and don't charge me a service fee every month. Uh, <laughs> but I got the entire walking dead run digitally for $18. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, uh, a few weeks back, I got the entire Warren Publishing creepy run for eighteen dollars. That's that's a really good deal. Yeah. Um, because you said they they also included what is like the they there was a book on with Toth in it, right? Yeah. Uh, Toth had his own book. Uh, Steranko had his own book. Um, Corbin had his own book. <laughs> It was, it's just crazy. Um, but before this, before Titan started doing Conan, the other year, another company got Conan. Do you remember that? Now, okay, now, all right, so here's the thing. It wasn't Conan, it was the Sumerian. 
Yes, yes. And that's because of the crazy copyright laws in the U.S. versus international copyright laws in Britain. Yep. And that was uh, Ablaze. Ablaze, um, yeah. Yeah, and the Ablaze stuff just said the Sumerian on the cover, but inside it was Conan. So mm -hmm. they couldn't market them as Conan because in the U.S. because uh, Marvel had the rights again. Even yeah. though they really was doing, they they did a piss poor job with it, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. But um, aloha, Tim. Hey, man. But the uh, the fact is, the ablaze stuff was actually really damn good, and it was it was pretty. The art was good, the writing was good, and then they published in the back of each issue. They published the original story. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they wanted to see this is the original story. Tell us how damn close we got to adapting it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I just read the I just read the Reader's Digest version in comic book form. I'm good. <laughs> Dang it. Dang um, it, Matt. They've got the Ablaze stuff there too at Global Comics. Oh, really? That's um cool. I started reading like the first one that I came across uh for the Ablaze Sumerian, Conan, uh was uh the story where he meets Belette. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's actually one of the later ones, but this first one you come into, yeah. But that's, so I start I started reading that one, and uh, as stuff gets added, like on a weekly basis from whatever yeah. publisher or in, indie publisher, whatever small, it's it's basically indie and small press. They consider it. I don't consider oh. uh, I don't consider Image small press anymore. They're, no, you know, they're, they're the mainstream. But uh, yeah, it's. There's so much stuff on there. So they'll send you an email for each book that's added. And it's up to you whether you want to read it there on the spot or just like save the email and click on it so it comes like right up. Yeah. Like on your tablet later and just, just read it. I read like seven books today. Cool. I read I read one 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 book today. Batman 300. <laughs> the one we're talking about in a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Roy lives in South Carolina. Hmm. I'm thinking of moving to South Carolina. Yeah, Charleston is amazing. Good for me. So, back to this. So this is the wraparound cover. And there it is. Dude, it's awesome. Big old green monster going to eat him. Yeah, he's about to be a lizard lunch. That's when that's when bearded dragons came full size dino size. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, words that you can read. Um, now, the one thing I did read, I was looking in here, we were talking about this is, most of it is like just select art from, uh, select art, art yeah. from, you know, different artists and all this. But um, they're kind of in the middle. If you're looking at the words again, it says, Come to the Barbarian Colossal is divided into three sections. The first three each shine a torchlight on the work of the greatest sword sorcery artists John Bashima Gilshane and Barry uh Gil Kane and Barry Windsor Smith. Each section pulls pages from decades of incomparable artistry uh from Conan the Barbarian, King Conan, Savage Sword, Giant Size, Savage Tales, What If, and the movie special. Okay. And then each artist section is presented in chronological order so you can see how their individual approaches changed over the course of decades, all bracketing the centerpiece of the collection, 
which is the complete story, Devil Wings Over Shadazar from Conan 6. So there is by, a complete By Roy, story. Barry Windsor, and Sal Buscema. With John. every page presented in full, incredible detail. Yes. Uh, finally, the book concludes... Uh, with an extended section of key pages by other incredible artists, some regularly associated with Conan, and some thrilling surprises, including Arthur Adams, Neil Adams, no relation, Alfredo Acala, Enrique Alcatina, Ernie Chan, Howard Chaikin, Joe Chioto, Tim Conrad, Jeff Urshanwood, Gary Kapowitz, Jim Lee, Esteban Morado, John McRae, Rudy Nevers, Alex Nino, Kevin Nolan. Yes. Tony Salmons, Bill Sienkiewicz, Alex Toff, and Jorge Zafino. Awesome. Yes. I'm going to tell you my favorite, favorite pair for Conan is, uh, is John Bushima and... Alfredo Alcala on inks. They're absolutely. It's it's like it's like reading damn, you know, uh, Adam Strange with with Infantino and Murphy Anderson. It's it it is so perfect. It's amazing. <laughs> LBJ had jumbo. LBJ, the president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something else we'll have to talk about later off the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So Yeah, you've already made it to the black and white. Ugh, dude, freaking art is amazing. Yeah. I remember having the Conan movie special. Yeah, I've got it. Um stuck in there. But now I've got I know I think I've I've said but I've told you before, I've got a complete color Conan run. Yeah. Uh, I've got almost a complete Savage Sword run. The thing is, is the uh, Conan Saga was the reprint magazine. I don't know mm -hmm. if you knew that. No. Conan Saga reprinted everything from Savage Sword and uh, Conan the Barbarian, the actual comic. So if you pick up Conan Saga, which you can pick them up cheap because they're reprints, you know, mm -hmm. you're getting same art only in magazine form because then it was a magazine, so even the comic stuff was black and white. I like if I see uh, the guy that I usually buy like a lot of stuff from online, uh, Andy. If I if I see him uh, with magazine stuff, yeah, and he's got some, and I'll only buy it if it's like if it l looks like exquisite like it presents like beautifully like the colors still popping and everything there's no yeah. tears in the cover or anything i'll get one but only when they're on sale or i'll ask him to make me a deal and then he'll he'll you know go can you do anything on that conan and he'll he'll make me an offer live on the stream and i'll be like usually i'd be like yep because usually it comes from 25 down to like you know 10 or 15 dollars and i'm like all day long oh yeah Dude, I'm, oh. I'm thumbing through the the art as you're yeah. as you're well, talking there. Th this is all Busema stuff. Oh yes, 
And that last page of the Buscema stuff is like the one with the lady in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he's so amazing. I don't I mean, know if I can call her a lady because I'm not sure exactly what she does in this issue. But, yeah, uh, she could be a freaking <laughs> vampire or whatever. She could yeah. be a 304. Yeah, something. I'll, I'll explain that to you after we're off the air, too. Uh, um, so here's some uh, Gil Kane stuff. So there's Gil Kane, and then there's uh, Chua. The thing is, is... Uh, all right, you ready? <laughs> I did not know this, and I'm just seeing it now, and I think it says it's issue 134. I'm going to find out. We may have to read this one. Script by Bruce Jones. Oh, we're reading that one. Dude, I did not know Bruce Jones wrote any damn Conan. This makes me literally want to get up and go make sure I got it. Conan the Barbarian, Hitchin' Time. I think so Bruce Jones is the old school Jeff Lemire. Yes. Like he he writes he writes everything. And it's all damn good. Yeah. It's just oh, you know. crap. I'll have to find a thing for the next show for you. I saw something the other day. I was looking at Bruce Jones. He has a damn comic that he did. He drew and wrote. And it's for an independent back in the day. And his art is amazing. This man is multi-talented. He's freaking genius. <laughs> I remember I was 15 and I spotted a little book from him called Somerset Holmes. Somerset, yeah, Somerset Jones or what is it? Holmes. Somerset, yeah, Somerset Holmes. Jones. Jones. Yeah, it no, was it's Jones. Holmes. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it, it's Holmes. And I was just like, you know, 15, looking at Somerset and uh, drooling. And then somebody said, you think that's good? Take a look at this book from that I collect. And something about a Something about a park tot. I don't remember. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my but God. This, this is just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Seeing, it's uh, and, and it's Barry Windsor, like, in his early stages. Yes. So it's like all this amazing stuff became what we saw when we did the, when we did the run through uh, Uncanny 205. Oh, yeah. This become 205. Um, but now that. I read that story again the other day, the uh, the freaking uh, Night of the Frost Giants. It's just mm -hmm. one of my favorite stories in there. And here's Neil and Howard Chaikin on the curse of the Golden Skull, the Lost Valley of Iskandar. Wait a minute, Iskandar? Yeah. Iskander. Okay. Uh, we're just going to call it Iskandar because I, I don't remember seeing Conan in... Uh, in the Star Blazers cartoon, but okay. Damn, dude, that's really that's, that's good art too. Yeah, and you know, even better. <laughs> I mean, I loved Conan so much as a kid that obviously, as as we've seen in the past, uh, it drew me right into uh, the Lost World of the Warlord from DC too. Oh yeah, I, I I've read a few issues of Warlord, not not as many as you have, but the Conan has just been since I was little. Conan's always been one of my favorite books to read. Well, when I finally complete the uh, 
the volume one warlord run i'm going to uh set up an account with that company that'll take your floppies and turn them into any size omnibus you like i'll send them off and uh it also lets you design front cover back cover and the spot i need to do that for my uh i need to do that for my huntress run from oh, the one from the 90s yes i love that yeah. run alfred Akula and tim conrad my god look at that first page demon in the dark yes dude that is such a good issue of a ssoc i mean just amazing god i want i wish that this was big enough i could read all the damn notes that's on the on the forever the the forever whatever that is mm -hmm. uh the forever file trail Tur trial forever trail yeah trial because the eyes burst yeah because there's like a there's a paragraph above the art yeah what the hell is the art saying and that that's that's the stuff that's cool too you get to see yeah. the notes of as the creators the editors or whatever we're doing here we need some changing you know yeah. this this is it and it was just just like amazing stuff uh alex nino and uh jorge zafino dude like that first page that's damn crap. Good. yeah i don't think i've ever seen that one myself that that's a lot of brush ink <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah a ton and this is all out of savage sword as well uh jeff Urshawood and with alex top yes Urshwood did um uh i think he did a lot of the issues of uh oh god uh conan the king yeah king conan yeah king conan conan the king oh dude look the uh alex toth one has been it looks like somebody bought it and they had to get it back all best wishes to brett comic-con captive alex toth 86. that second that second panel is like you know next level stuff but when i first glanced at it man i thought conan was fighting groove the wanderer <laughs> groove the wanderer <laughs> it looks like it looks just like this fat dude with a bucket on his head <laughs> damn it oh god Here, here's a better up close look at the uh the art prints as well yes like I'm really tempted by that Busemo one, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, all four of them are really nice. I I think yeah. the Sinkevich is just, I mean, yeah, because yeah. that's a, that's like a painted piece by him, basically. Oh yeah, Pan Universal Galactic Worldwide, a Southern California-based creative production company. Yes, I am going to do my best to see if I can fund this one. Just and Universal it, Galactic Worldwide. Just to, to put it on the put it on the shelf next to the uh, uh, next to everything else. There's our facts. Yeah. 
do they say my credit does not store or keep your credit card info uh everything's billed through stripe uh which is the same way uh i pay for stuff from uh, fundmycomic.com really yeah the only thing i would have to check would be uh if i back it like if i back it now are they going to wait until the campaign's done to take my money or are they just going to take it now because indiegogo takes as soon as you back something you need to have the money in your account oh really yeah because uh, they take it right away that way you know if the creator needs to like take money after it funds it, they need to take some of the money out to like pay their artists or you know whoever they to, got uh, it. to wrap it up. They got it. Otherwise, it's a it's a longer wait. I'm I'm a big fan of creators that have actually finished the book before they launch their campaign. Yeah, this one sounds like it's done. They're they're just uh, oh yeah, looks oh, like yeah. It's, they're ready to be uh just ready to be printed on how many people decide to back it. Yeah just print and ship and i'm pretty sure that these photos of the of these covers and everything are uh you know they're already uh you know so i think they've already printed them up and have them all yeah so as soon as they wrap they're probably just gonna you know within like two or three weeks they'll have them all mailed out um, yeah the one thing that you and i are both staring at is the 200 dollars price tag on the John Buscema, Roy Thomas signed edition, which there's only 150 of those available, and there's only 103 left. Yeah. Let's see, and that's so, the thing. There's only going to be 150 of them. And what sucks is when this campaign ends, they're pretty much going to try to take everybody's money out. Like if they wait till the campaign ends, when the campaign wraps up, uh, and then they take the money out, they're basically going to take like say we get the signed editions, they're going to take that two hundred dollars out of our accounts like on Christmas Eve or something. <laughs> like, yeah. man, that's when I go Christmas shopping. What the hell? <laughs> Everybody gets uh, IOUs for next year. Santa says yeah. IOU. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that book. I have to have that because now I'm getting into dangerous territory where I apparently just bought, you know, what is essentially uh, an artist edition with a lot of text in it from Steve the Rude Dude. Yeah, I did not know that. I'm going to have to go back and check it out. Yeah. That was on Kickstarter, right? Yeah. It's it's all wrapped up. He sent out like all the things, and everybody filled out their their surveys and everything. The the four prints from that, like I was telling you, uh, only one of them isn't completely sold out. There's like only one print left. Some people just said, "No, nah, I don't want the print. I just want the books." But I pretty much everybody's like, "It's a free print." Oh, then I do have an extra ten dollars to get it signed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I had to cough up more money because he didn't do the. He waited until after everything was wrapped because they had to calculate like somebody like me that got the. 
got the 304 page hardcover plus the new book they got to calculate like weight and everything currently for what it's going to cost to ship so i had to it wasn't bad like uh 15 for shipping oh no that's and, not and bad like, at all and another 10 dollars to have him sign that print so now let's get to what we're getting for uh batman 300. You're like, huh? Yeah, we're, we're talking still about talking Conan. about. We're not still um, talking about Conan. No, damn it. There it goes. <laughs> Batman 300. I picked this one. I had this as a kid, and in single digits, you know, my age at least back then. Um, and I was, I was so confused by the Robin costume. I go, oh, Robin got a new costume, not realizing, you know. Uh, Earth one in the seventies was, you know, modern day stuff. Yes. You know, updated. And this is obviously from Earth Two. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different things. Uh you know, uh that will a future story to go through here. Yeah, it's a it's a future story, but uh we've got Bruce Wayne looking looking a lot like Reed Richards, but with muscles. Well, the thing too is like the, the, the Earth Two and Earth One. The Earth One is modern day stories where the superheroes haven't really aged, and the the Earth Two stuff is the Golden Age heroes have progressed all the way up to you know from when they first appeared to this time. So I mean, yeah. Batman's like in his late fifties here, you know, mm -hmm. still pretty ripped, you know. But you know, I don't know what that what kind of crap he's smoking. Because uh, after we read it, you'll see later on when he's in his late fifties, he's talking about finally getting married and having kids. Like, whoa, dude, it's a little late now. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. What's What's weird is, uh, didn't the original Huntress come out of this timeline? <laughs> yes, she did. So, uh, so that's something I got to go research. I know this is like a future kind of like a. Uh, since it's DC, an Elseworlds story. Uh, Essentially, yeah, that's what this is. Elseworlds before Elseworlds. Yeah. Because, you know, because they, they could do that. They could just do, like, you know, one-off one off stories. And this was great. This, this issue was fantastic for me because it's Detective Batman. Yes, which they don't ever show. They yeah. really don't. Not anymore. I'm like, no. stop calling him the world's greatest detective. He does, he's Superman in a bat collar. Yeah, he just beats the hell out of people. The, yeah. the thing that got me, we were looking at it, and I've read it before. I, I actually yeah. pulled my copy out and read it. I didn't read it digitally. Uh, is, you know, so the last Batman story, David Reed, I, I didn't know, but, dude, the artist is Walt Simonson. Yeah. Which I did not. This is 78. This is early Simonson. This is after he did uh, Manhunter and Detective. So, I mean, this is real early, and uh, uh, Gordano is the uh, the anchor, which, yeah. you know. Fantastic anchor, yeah. Yeah, he's freaking amazing. What, uh, what threw me off with the whole uh, Walt Simonson thing was nobody had a beard in this book. <laughs> nobody had a beard. <laughs> Not no, one when, beard. When, when Thor was imprisoned in the Destroyer armor, the Destroyer had a beard. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I'll have to go look. 
everybody it's the, change, it's the new change my mind. You couldn't see it because it was inside the armor, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had a beard. Uh, but so yeah, I mean they they talk about the you know, the fates and all this coming to their front, and I was like, what the hell are they talking about? And now, okay, it's been a long time since I read this, mm -hmm. dude. Gotham is Mega City One. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Jesus. It's Mega City One. <laughs> they, I think I, they, they, obviously they mentioned New York because that top panel has the twin towers in it. Yeah. No, they don't. They, uh, this is Gotham City of Future hub, hub of the uh, Megalopolis. Yeah, they do. Megalopolis East, the vast teeming urban sprawl that reaches from Boston through New York and metropolis to washington dc so from okay so reaches from boston through new york so apparently that's where they're saying gotham is mm -hmm. and then metropolis must be closer to new york than gotham is mm -hmm. and then metropolis to washington dc but yeah it's i was like oh my god it's mega city one <laughs> yeah because uh, back in the back in the mid to early 70s uh Metropolis was <coughs> was uh, Metropolis was New York, New York City, and Gotham was Chicago. Since then, they've changed locations a few times, and and dropped the actual real city names because, you know, Marvel made them so iconic. Yeah, and I mean, and then uh, I know now they're saying, what is it? Uh, now they put uh, now Chicago's uh, was a central city. Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so it's a you know gotham must be oakland, <laughs> gotham must be oakland. <laughs> damn it uh so i love how they've got we don't we don't even talk about how northern this is because it doesn't say but it says all the way to dc but they have a rocket they're going to launch here uh so apparently this is the future they have more money than they know what to do with because they're going to burn all this fuel to try and get it to orbit uh <laughs> it's like you know columbia space uh space hospital where bi-weekly shuttle launch is now 20 minutes late what's the delay an emergency case that must board the doctor uh must must get aboard doctor uh just landed on strip four should be here any minute so the the doctor's like well what's going on is why who is this you know is it important and then there's your red robin or robin yeah robin in a costume that we like better because he's not wearing short knickers no he's got the long pants this is the adult the renowned robin his life has changed considerably since the days he fought beside batman yeah he, he's also the ceo of uh wayne, wayne. Wayne or, Tech or Wayne Industries or whatever whatever it's called. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah. Yeah. Outside the emergency case arrives. And then we find out it's actually, uh, it's a lady. They say her name in a minute that Robin knows. Um, he wants to make sure she gets on, you know, on board. Um, and then, of course, somebody starts opening fire. Uh, on the shuttles and other such here. Uh, they come flying in half a mile across the airport. Uh, these people in blue. They're all blue. And I'm not not the little band people that play the dump drums. These are oh, blue. Is that the blue man group? No. No. Nope. Okay. Look out. Something's diving at us. 
Uh, so they blow up uh, they blow up the damn little rocket coming in. And then here comes Batman, who flies in. Now, it looks like he drops one of Robin's old capes. Something. He drops to, it to get him up the prop and crash their copter. Well, that but the thing is, is this I was like, holy, you just killed these people. Nope. Uh, but surprisingly, they actually make it out alive. And the copter they're flying is basically a flying cannon. Yes. There's there's an editor's note to that explaining uh was basically just a cannon that flies. <laughs> That's all it is. It was it was plain and simple. Yeah, um, but the occupants survive and scramble for safety as the attack copper touches down to reveal Batman. And he's still in great great ass shape. the The thing that's funny is is he's old here, and you know, of course, about seven years after this book, we get our Dark Knight Returns Batman by Frank Miller, where he's old as dirt like this, and I love when you're reading that, how he talks about how his damn knees hurt and his back hurts. And he's, you know, he's got the braces on, but he's still fighting. Oh my God, I'm Batman. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. Older, older, wiser, tougher, still at work and still the best in his line of work. A man in blue, but hardly a policeman in blue. And the dude blows up. <laughs> he just... They saw that they were failing, and Amanda Waller hit that button. No, there, there was no Amanda Waller back then. No, but, not yet. Not yet. But this, I mean, the the different, like, surprise turns in this story were like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the guy blows up. And, I, you know, I, I love this. I wish they still made comics like this. And it still it stuns Batman, and you know, of course, Robin goes to check on him. He, you know, hey, the attackers had an electric cannon, and you know, Batman's like, yeah, I saw a blue man. You know, he had to care. You know, and he he blew up, and then you know, they talk a little bit, and the rocket finally you know blows off. You know, um, he's you know, Batman's like it's carrying someone that you know some sort or the carrying some sort of explosive, and there was an important person on the rocket that had to get to a zero gravity hospital in orbit um and then of course robin's like hey let's uh head back to the bat cave and i'll tell you all about it um i'm gonna tell you one thing for early walt simonson there there are a few pages in here that are a little off mm -hmm. but the art is really damn good like the bottom left panel there there's another it's one further on that looks looks like it even more but that bottom left panel looks like it came out of the 1960s or like early 70s, like Batman cartoon. Yeah, it's it's just freaking amazing. The filmation one, yeah. Um, art's really good for early Simonson. Even this whole the the scene here, I do like how they've changed the Batcave a little bit, and this a is a traditional Batcave or a it's lot. It's huge. Yeah, it's but gigantic. It, it turns out this is the one under uh, Wayne Towers. Yes, when he moved in the 70s, when he moved in in town, that way he could be close to time. Yeah. And he the left Migo the playset that I always wanted but could never find as a kid. <laughs> the Wayne Foundation playset. 
so um, expensive. But he he brought a lot of his you know trophies and trinkets from the actual Bat Cave underneath Wayne Manor. Do you get you see the damn tell big, big tell me and the dinosaur? He got a fifty foot penny and a hundred foot T Rex mechanical beast from the mansion into the basement of <laughs> oh, Enterprises. When you're a billionaire, you can do a lot. They were still friends back then, so we just called up Clark. <laughs> we called, called up Clark. Yeah. So now we discover, so Bat Robin is, you know, Dick Grace is going to tell Batman, hey, so he run into this guy who uh, looks like he had been shot in the damn head and survived at a party and the guy's really you know kind of gruff he comes up to him and the guy's just like you know hey you got something i want it's a 1902 one cylinder rambler so it's a car and uh you know dick's being nice he's like hey i admire your taste but the car's not for sale um he says, uh, you know, I know, but I'm prepared to what ask whatever. He says, you know, I love it, but, you know, now I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to sell it. I love it too much. So the guy just keeps going on and, you know, is there anything I can do to, you know, get the car? And <laughs> Dick's a smart ass. He tells him, yeah, how much you want to end this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so, and the guy gets pissed off and he, like, tears up a uh, uh crystal chandelier and then throws one of the damn crystals at him and says here keep it as a memento there'll be more than one way to do business and one of these days you'll need the damn money so we find out after the guy does this a few days later uh dick gets a damn crystal in the mail and the uh they have a meal in sao paulo that has a big accident it destroys and then he gets another prism later and his Canadian oil subsidiary blows up. And uh, then he gets another prison, and there's a copper mine in Zier, and it's blowed up. So he's like, what the hell? You know, it hasn't really showed up in the news, but it's all over the financial news, he says. And, you know, of course, Bruce gets mad. He says, why the hell didn't you inform me of this? You know, I haven't, you know, paid attention. And we find out that he was on vacation. Batman finally took one. He uses PTO days. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's his. He uh, paid himself to take a vacation. About time. He paid himself to. There's his uh, his gray hair. Yeah, yeah. I briefed her. Yeah, his his golden age Superman, golden age Batman, and Reed Richards all all have the same hairstyle. Damn it! Uh, it's gray on the temples into the back of the skull, and the rest of it is just blue. Is yeah, black and blue, yeah. At any uh so at any rate, after the second incident, I sent for Annie Morgan, a first rate intelligence operative I used in the Mega East police work to see what leads she could develop. Um, you know, I briefed her, gave her cover, and her name was, you know, Rose Gray, and then she hasn't been seen again. You know, she hasn't been seen for weeks until last night. And we so that's who got sent up yeah. to the hospital. Dick sends a member of the PD as an undercover operative into the, basically into the gang, gang war. Yeah. And she got caught. Yeah, she gets caught, found out. Uh, 
damaged or blowed up, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, eventually they find her, but she's washed up on a beach. Um, and But miraculously, before she dies, she draws like a big circle in the sand. And it's, uh, of course, Batman's talking to him. He's like, what the hell? You know, look at the circle. And they blow it up. And they figure it's the picture of the moon. So he's like, the right-hand crescent indicates that the whole circle represents the face of the moon, which is shown cut into its into its quadrants, with the point marked in the second quadrant that is identified by the letter S and I. Now, I thought about looking up all this. SI stands for Cineus Iradium, a dark plane also known as the Bay of Rainbows. I don't know if it's real, but it probably is. From, you know, knowing how 70s comics were. Um... And they start talking about, you know, rainbows and the different spectrum colors. And they finally tune in uh, to a transmission that's coming from that, that the Bay of Rainbows there. And they discover a damn transmission. So there's a transmission of all these people. It's like a social club where they all bring in their oldest antiques for a challenge to see who has the best stuff. <laughs> it's like comic book collectors. <laughs> oh my God. What? <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> Isn't it? That's exactly it. Who has the best stuff? Uh, the one with the most toys at the end wins. Yep. The 500 connection is hereby awarded one Chevron. That's it, friends. Our next nostalgia sweepstakes will feature entries in exotic American apparel. Circle nine, uh, 1900. The original Dixieland jazz recordings. Remember, you're invited to join us anytime. Good night. So uh, the, the damn broadcast goes off after their competition. And, you know, Rob is like, Bruce, we've hooked into an organization so vast it telecasts its social functions to its members on seven beams through a setup based on the moon. <laughs> based on the moon. Yep. So, knowing what he hears, Dick's like, the guy that won my 1902 Rambler, he must have wanted it as an entry. You know, so he knows this is the dude that's doing it. So mm -hmm. uh, they try and isolate the signal. And, you know, they finally do. And then when they isolate it, they start looking at it. Something, you know, something special from the 475. But unfortunately, they're having a little trouble. The Batman wipes out one of the units. The leader is executed. And he calls it a little trouble. So we discover that. Batman, when they found out that Batman stopped them, uh, the blue, the, the guy that's in charge of the blue men actually sent them there and killed the people that failed to both stop Batman and his other lady. Yeah, they wanted to, uh, they wanted to eliminate her altogether. They thought they finished the job originally and then but found out, did. nope. I do love how uh, the thing that, it, it, and I know I'm going to be a, a damn boomer here, but go ahead. So there's Dick and, Dick and Bruce talking about all this crap, and Alfred 
who's got to be 157 damn years old at this point, <laughs> you know, comes in with sandwiches. You know, neither of you've had dinner. I prepared a snack. He doesn't even have his black hair anymore, dude. He's, he's bald as hell. He's got like two wisps in the front like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Master Dick, your wife called. She and the twins are staying overnight at the old Wayne Manor. Twins. Twins. Wife. Wife. Yep. I'm like, gotta be Babs. <laughs> Possibly. They she never they never show them. But yep. yeah. Well, this is this, this is this is long before uh oh no, Teen Titans was out was out by then. But there was no uh, there was no coriander yet, so no. it wasn't her. Nope, I have no idea who it was. So yeah, chapter two, Columbia Space Hospital, one of four such sanatoria for the for injury and disease where weightlessness is vital to cure in orbit, twenty five hundred miles from Earth, at its pedigree. Um, so it's just a giant ass floating hospital, and Batman. But they they call the Bat Plane something different here, though. Yeah. Uh, the bat wing. I'm like, hmm. Yep. I wonder where they, they, they pulled that name from 1989. Yeah, exactly. That's where it come from. Or that's where the 1989 got it from. Yeah. So Batman actually shows up at the hospital to check on the patient, see how she's doing. Um, and he wants to see the traffic log. Nobody's come up. So he says, take me to Miss Gray. We'll have a look at the security. So they get there. And this is kind of cool. She's floating in there. There's no bed or anything. Just zero G. She's just perfectly straight. She's floating in there. And he's like, there's no windows, no doors. You know, or, you know, we have to seal this container. And there's no way in there unless you do it from the, uh, you know, do it from the, the security inside. checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the guards, we have continuous TV surveillance. There's nothing to worry about. He says, okay, well, I'm going to just, Batman's like, I'm going to wander around and just look around just we can. So shortly afterward, one floor below, you know, Batman surprises this guy. He's like, surprise, who wouldn't be? It's Batman. Um, and then looking out the window, he notices there's a maintenance ship here. But then he hears somebody come up behind him who has a damn machete. And of course, he beats the hell out of them. Dude, that's that's really good art. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, really freaking good. Uh, but Batman beats the hell out of him. And we find out that the reason he actually heard the guy coming up behind him is the shoes they're wearing, because they're in outer space, have magnets on them. So when you walk, they click. And he heard him walking up behind him. And now he follows around and he finds these, there's guys in red now and they're undermining the ceiling and the wall. So they're actually going to destroy the freaking hospital or part of it when Batman leaps into action. This is, yeah, dude, he, he yeah. is really damn good. That's just, you know. That's that's the kind of action you got used to seeing in the seventies, all the time, even the eighties. Yeah. Um. 
So Batman manages to bounce off the walls. He takes out all these guys. And one of them still goes to damn blow up the... He's going to blow him up. He's got a bomb. Batman kicks his ass, knocks him toward the edge of the space station, and the bomb goes off, and it blows out the damn side of the wall. That's awesome. Um, and, of course, old dude is sucked out in outer space. And the other... His partners are going to also. But uh, Batman actually tells them, you know, hey, hold on, you know, the uh, there's some kind of force field or something that's going to come down and seal it off so the system doesn't lose all its air. And then he manages to, you know, save them. So an hour passes uh, after the attack. Um, emergency repairs are underway, and a stunned, fragile calm surely returns to the hospital. Uh you know, Batman goes over what's what's going on there, and he says uh, they started they started somber fifty minutes after this. You know, how did they get here before he did? And we find out. You ready? There's another shuttle flight that took off from Venezuela fifty minutes before Batman got there. Damn, God. they got to the they got to the other hospital, hijacked the damn shuttle, and then come to this one as a regular repair schedule. So no one thought anything of it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't think because they were doing exactly what Batman asked. Were there any other shuttles scheduled to to dock? No. Yep. That well, I didn't think that. It's just a maintenance shuttle. Yeah, it's a maintenance. They were they were going to come. They were on the way. Um, and of course, here they are. They're talking about it when when Robin calls. Um, of course, and Batman talks to him. And then he's like, hey, I've got to leave, but I'll keep in touch with you about Miss Gray. And we'll have MP here soon to back up your own forces. So he I, just, I just noticed that last panel. Which one? This one? Where they forgot to color in Batman's boots. <laughs> Maybe. So they head. But, do what? Yeah, they, they saved the girl and they head back. And they're still figuring stuff out. This and, is kind of um, cool, though. When they get there, um, they go through and then, you know, Dick tells Batman that somebody broke in and stole the damn main computer banks. So essentially, they did a modern crime. They stole the computer and all of the records. This is something like out of that old movie, Sneakers. Yeah. All of the financial information, everything. Out of the Wayne Foundation, not out of the back gate, though. Yep, out of the Wayne Foundation. But you know that the back... The or name, espionage. Yeah, but the back computer's got to have some stuff in it. Mm -hmm. um, this is the one thing that kind of got me here. They keep talking about, you know, the rainbows, and they start talking about, I guess this is color numbers. Because um, I know colors have numbers when yeah. you're mixing paint and stuff like that um so he finally you know batman finally figures it out and he's going to call gordon now because he's got an idea so he calls commissioner gordon who's 157 years old at this time too if older like he <laughs> looks like gordon in the yeah. bottom panel but in that top right panel i'm like oh my god Gordon is, he's got a Visiphone. <laughs> yes. Remember those? Oh, you can have a Visiphone, only if you're a large corporation. Uh, yeah. But he's got like hair at the front of his forehead, 
and there's none. nothing in the shed. It, it's like it's like blind Alfred cut cut Jim Gordon's hair, <laughs> and he looks more. Like, it's it's got a friar tuck. Friar, friar tuck. Yeah. Let's get, the... get the skull shaved skull cap. Oh uh, yeah. So Batman calls him. He's like, "Hey, you remember I, I lent you some uh, some material for your book on on a big financial caper in New Orleans? The mysterious crime cartel destroyed a credit structure of the Gulf Star shipping line and is stealing its data for electronic funds transfer." He's like, "Yeah, here it is. I know. I was working on it last night, and I was thinking about the Penguin. Those were the days. What's up with him? I love the little." They they do the little update here. He, he's trying to catch up on, on everybody's arch enemies. Yeah. So last I heard, he was working. So the penguin has been rehabilitated, and he's working with a scientific convict, uh, expedition in Antarctica studying King, the king penguin. Uh, and Catwoman and the Joker, any others? Catwoman is in Katmandu, of course. Why else? <laughs> and the Joker and Two-Face are having a great time being rehabilitated. They haven't tried to escape for years. The only one that they have no idea on is the Riddler. He got away. Yeah. So, uh, Jim finally finds it. He's like, hey, I can't, you know, you're famous. You know, what happened to your total recall? He says, I can't afford to be wrong. So they look at it um, and they discover that the book there's a ship in it and it's called the arco irish which is spanish for rainbow so mm -hmm. they hold up the damn picture he, batman tells him hold it up to the monitor so i can copy it so they do and i guess they use their bat satellite information to look for the boat and they find it <laughs> only now it's changed its name from the rainbow to blue streak um and it's heading, uh, it's heading to a small island in the Bahamas. So they're gonna, they're gonna head out for it. But then they says next, next to the scanner, on the on the island, they discover that the island where the boat's going is beaming another signal back to Mesa Verde in damn New Mexico, where they have the freaking caves. So back yeah. and. They're like, it's a national park. People will come and go. No one will pay attention to anybody. There doesn't matter how many people are here. So we're going to go out to Mesa Verde and see what, what's going on. So they head. And, uh, of course, I do love that Dick gets a little mad here. He's like, you know, you know, I, I can still, you know, I don't well I you know I don't want to leave you doing this by itself. He says I'd like to hear what you want to do. He says but you're not going to go off on your own. He says I'm I'm not sure who you think are, you know, but it's my case and I'll get it. And Batman tells him he says yeah, that's what I thought. He gives him his damn case, you know, his outfit and they all suit up together and head that way. He's not going to let him go on his own. Yep, they don't he don't want He's him to go on his old own. old now. <laughs> Yeah, he is old. <coughs> Damn it. Mm. Sorry. So they head to the Mesa Verde Nat uh, National Park. We've eliminated our first guess that they've entrenched themselves someplace like Cl Cliff Palace below, which has over 200 rooms and 23 uh, ceremonial chambers. We also rule out the haunted ruin. Uh, 
but they finally head in and find the base where the uh, the actual rainbow team is. I do love they parachute in. Managed to sneak in. I mean, even this. I mean, it really was. It, it is great art for his early work. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love Robin knocks his damn dude off the thing. Batman's like, don't let him die. Grab him. We need the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We saved him <laughs> just for his uniform. His ass is knocked out, but we're going to go. <laughs> and they head down. It's a giant hotel in a freaking cave. Ugh. It's it's like Lex Luthor built this himself. Yeah. But now everybody is dressed in all different colors. So they have different teams. There's like seven different teams. There's green, red, blue, you know, I guess yellow, orange. They don't show them all. Um, all, all the primary color. Yeah. So they head down. And then in the middle of all this, we have the seven leaders of the colors there. And they're actually, you know, having some kind of trial. And he tells him to review, you know, reveal, uncover an answer um, for his personal dispute that has brought the Batman to maybe know their intentions and, and know of their existence. And we discover this is the guy that wanted to get the 1902 car from mm -hmm. Dick, um, the prism man. Um you know, once they're, you know, then he's pissed off. The only possible answer was revenge because he wouldn't sell him the car. Uh, on the Wayne Foundation was long overdue. Uh, once their financial destruction is complete, we can pick up the pieces of a billion-dollar empire for next to nothing. Even though the Red Connection carried out the, da the data bank assault, the plan was ours. Uh, and, of course, they, do, they offer judgment almost immediately. Yeah. And Batman and Robin are like, man, that's pretty damn fast. They didn't even communicate amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. They just passed judgment, absolved, you know. Uh, then, you know, about trying to kill the next person, you know, judgment reserved. Um, and uh, as they keep going on, you know, reasonably Batman and the, the Batman and Robin may suspect our existence. And finally, Batman and Robin think, they're like, oh, this isn't Rainbow. They're talking about the spectrum. Um, Batman tells him, but Robin still doesn't see it. I don't see the difference. What's the difference? You don't see. Check the atmosphere test. So they do, and uh, normal, but look at this. Those rays of color are dispersing succinylcholine. It's a radiant energy form. And then we discover it's a very powerful potentially lethal muscle relaxant used in surgery during the 70s, later discovered to have psycho, uh, psychovolganic properties. Um, psycho? Ooh, that. Yep. So he, hearing that, Batman and Robin are like, we got to get the hell out of here before this starts to affect us. So they start a big fight and get thrown out. Um, of course, when they get thrown out, the guys are going to throw them in jail now and then pass judgment later because they started a ruckus in the middle of the, the proceedings. Uh, and instead, they they now fake another fight and beat the hell out of their guards and escape. 
and head up to the top of the kind of like the top of the hill underneath is where the actual amphitheater and everybody is and we discover these are the people who actually are in charge of everything they're yep. using the succesolinocholine to help control the other people's minds these are the master criminals um and one of them is uh what do they say their name ultraviolet and the other one is x-ray i think it is yeah uh and what's bad is the spectrum of invisible to the naked that, eye that you can't see yeah um but they're they sit in these damn chairs and i guess they communicate telepathically it doesn't doesn't say but they're surrounded by these damn rays so that neither one of them can move so to make any kind of decisions they both have to agree and then everyone else follows suit once they agree but to protect each other from taking over they can't move <laughs> yeah infrared and ultraviolet yeah yeah so, i wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> they just sit there uh course when batman comes in he shocks one of them at that moment infrared turns his head in utter disbelief and he meets the gaze of the batman and robin and in turn a nightmare comes true um and the other guy's like don't move you'll kill us both because he moves he actually touches the damn ray to keep them in check in check and kills both of them <coughs> Okay, Robin. <laughs> so, so Batman and Robin didn't kill anybody. Uh, they might have assisted, but they didn't kill anybody. No, no, they didn't. It was a complete accident. <laughs> but they died. They blowed up. A little sus, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here's the succinylcholine they use for mind control of their spectral stooges. Their orders were by transmitted by voice and acoustics of the natural cavern let them hear the sounds in their control condition. They were unaware of the hearing. And we're invulnerable to anybody else. Okay, Robin, bounce a message off our chopper of the Midwest. Have the police come get them. That's the last bounce for the spectral. And then now, epilogue. Dum, dum, Batman dum. and Robin smash, you know, smash the spectrum. And they're sitting there talking about it. And Batman just drops it on him. Hey. You know, I keep talking about, you know, old times and everything else, and I've decided to retire. He says, I've asked by, uh, been asked by a powerful politician to run for governor. I want to do something else other than be Batman. And he thinks that running for governor, he can make more of a mark than he could as Batman. Mm -hmm. And he's decided to do it. Plus, there's something else to consider the woman I love and marriage, perhaps children, like those fine sons of yours, Bruce and James. Surely you can understand. I can. No, <laughs> so Batman I, and Jim Gordon. Yeah. So ask, uh, so the fact is I've thought things out to the point with only two questions. One, to ask, will she marry me? And one to answer, will I run for governor? And when I get those answers tomorrow, the end. Um, and there's a just like a great splash panel at the very bottom. Yeah, kind of like his but, history. You know, in the Bruce Wayne, this is your life. 
But so, I mean, here's the thing. If you don't know that quote, then uh, you're you probably hear me listening to this. Uh, <laughs> is it Catwoman? Because, you know, she's in Catmandu. Is he going to mm -hmm. fly all the way out there and, marry? you know, ask her to marry? And then give birth to the Huntress? And then, yeah, she has gives birth to the Huntress before she dies. <laughs> no! Yeah. Because, isn't it, doesn't it, yeah, the original Catwoman dies after, after the Huntress is born. Yeah. Somebody kills her, yeah. And then Batman trains her um, just to whatever, but then she becomes the Huntress. Yeah. Um, and I have her first appearance. Yep. Great book. It's a, it was a good book. I have read it before, but I, I forgot who did the art. Um, the story's pretty cool. You know, it's a classic 70s story, you know, kind of one-off. Um, mm -hmm. It is like a early what if or, you know, Elseworld story. Uh, nothing, you know, I won't say nothing groundbreaking, but it's it's a great one and done story, which yeah. they don't do anymore. It's also refreshing to see Batman the detective opposed to Batman from Krypton. Yeah, because beating the crap out of people uh, impervious. Nobody can land a punch on them and all this other crap. I'm like, oh, he's got to get hit. Plus, I mean, he has to, yeah, he, the whole detective part is was really big in here. He has to figure yeah. out which color is this and call, and he can't remember. <clears throat> We've done a couple of the detective Batman stories lately, which have been pretty cool. Yeah. Like, we did we did 400. Be, uh, actually, when I, when I picked this one last week, it was, it came up in my memories on Facebook the, the day before. Well, that day, um, that it was like exactly one month between when we did Batman 400 and now Batman 300. So maybe was in a couple it? months we'll, we'll go with two. Huh. Who knows? So what you thinking for next week? All right, you ready? I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to blow your mind. Let me bring it up here. Uh, I actually stumbled across this. So, and I've already downloaded it and I've started to read it. Um, Web of Horror. Wow. I've okay. Never heard, I've never heard of this. It's a fanzine. Uh-oh. All right. The Nightmare Magazine. Three issues, baby. And guess whose fanzine this is? Let me get over here so you can see. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. So. <laughs> this is really tiny on my screen, so I'm kind of like. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to read the artists that are in this book, and you just tell me it's okay. Artist. Frank Bruner. We're good. Bruce Jones. Mike Kaluta, Ralph Reese, Sid Shores, Bernie Wrightston. Well, that's why there was only three issues. They paid <laughs> those guys. There wasn't no money left. It's a fanzine. They did it. Writers were Otto Binder, Frank Booner, Mike Frederick, Bruce Jones, and Sid Shores. Wow. Yeah. The first story 
is by Coluto and Binder. Uh, I'll send you the whole thing. The uh, then there's a letter, you know, a letters page. Second story is by Ralph Reese and Auto Binder. Reese's Pieces is a great book to look at if you don't have one. Then we got Frank Bruner does the next story. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's a big blow up. And Letters Page, Sid Shores. And then last but not least. Uh, oh, yeah. This is Bruce Jones. Art and script, Bruce Jones. <laughs> and then there, no, there's last but not least, Mike Frederick and Bernie Wrightston. Words, words, words. It's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta send this to me tonight because what's this like, you know, 300 pages or something? Mm -hmm. So I found... All right, I'm going to go ahead and tell the, the whole world there. There is a website. It's called like the Internet Archive. Mm -hmm. Okay, or the Internet Library Archive. Um, I'll Let me look it up and I'll tell you exactly what the... Uh, what the exact name of it is. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Internet Archive. If you go to the Internet Archive, they have a ton of old school comics, horror magazines, everything that are all in the public domain. You just go there and get them. They're free. They're all downloaded by PDF. And I downloaded this one as a PDF. All three issues are there. Um, and I was trying to figure out which one we wanted to do. This one I think I picked up because Bruce Jones did the did the story by itself, and I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. But all of them have Bernie Rice and art in it, all three issues. Wow. Um, Frazetta's in one of them. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, I, it didn't matter who the hell I picked. Uh, but I know we did horror last week. You know. Frank Rosetta, for a dead guy, he sure has a lot of books coming out. <laughs> yes. I mean, Fire and Ice, uh, a book that hit the stands today was issue three of Frank Rosetta's Mothman. I have to look that one up. Because I, oh. I, I, I follow so many uh, nerds, uh, and they're, they're all like posting up what they got in their pull list videos and you know, fun stuff like that. Yeah. And a couple of them are like, yeah, this and that and this. And I go, oh, man. Oh. So that's uh, that's what I was thinking. Something that I didn't think you'd ever heard of. Um, no. But I was like, what the hell? We can, we can do it. Somewhere around here, uh, my buddy John gave me uh, years ago. I think I just borrowed it from him. Uh, but I, I took it as, oh, it's a gift. Uh, oh, your ass never borrowed it back. <laughs> I go, I, 
I didn't know you wanted it back. And he probably doesn't, but uh, it's a fanzine from the 70s, 70s or 80s for Star Wars. Oh, sweet. And I probably, I, I, I never read it. I flipped through and looked at the pretty drawings and stuff, but I never read it because words. Uh, but now I want to read it because I'm reading more and more and more. Um, all I have to do is make sure that I run the battery out on my phone so I can stop playing stupid mobile games long enough to read read a whole bunch of comics. I read like seven books today. Dang it. On my tablet. Uh, so, which is charging so I can go back and, and finish reading more stuff. But yeah. Um, According to him, this and he he used to buy like all the knob used to buy like used to we used to go to the used bookstores all the time. Yeah. And and pick up like all the Star Trek novels, Battlestar Galactica stuff, um and you know, Star Star Wars, Star Trek, and you know, anything in between, uh pop culture, because you could get them for like a buck or two. Yeah. You know, unless it was a hardcover, then you you pay like five or ten dollars for it uh but i'm like he said this is the best luke skywalker story he's ever read in his life in the fanzine in the fanzine sweet well we see what happens when uh <laughs> they make star wars crap now <laughs> no, nothing uh, for me nothing happened after uh return of the Jedi. So. yeah all right i'll get that over to you and then I guess next week. Next week. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to us live. There is currently before this gets uploaded tonight, and there's still I still have like another five or six episode backlog episodes to upload. We've already got ten episodes uh, on the podcast platform. So and we've had uh we've had two downloads and uh two unique listeners unique listeners just somebody that opens up the platform and listens to it while they have the window open and downloads you can figure out what that is because <laughs> if not you write to us i don't i don't get what a download is what is it i'm just gonna make money because if, if us nearly boomers can figure out what a download is so can you i mean my kid showed me how to do it but you know <laughs> hey, we were the last we were the first generation to figure out how to set the clock on a VCR. Leave us alone. Right? Right. Good enough. So that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you all. Uh I can't say it now. It's not gonna be the same bat time. Same horror time, same horror channel next week. <laughs> which I have a funny feeling is gonna be a long episode. Oh god. Until then, uh, SDFU and read a comic, would you? <laughs>